Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So we're finished EHS, we finished Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and so now I have a question for you, and the question I want to ask is, who are we? Who are you? Who are you? And where do we, where do you and I, where do we get our identity? Where do you find your identity? Do we find our identity in what we do or, or what we have? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 and 17 in the NIV, it says this, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to come into your house and to worship you and to celebrate who you are. And so, Father, as we turn our hearts to your word, I pray that you hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room and people watching online, that, Lord, they're encouraged yet challenged at the same time. And that, Father, we grow closer in our walk with you. And so, Lord, open our ears and hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the other question would be, is who you are determined by what you do? Is that who you are? Is that your identity? Or let's ask this question. If the one question is, is who you are determined by what you do? Or is what you do determined by who you are? So am I identified with what I do or actually I do something because of who I am? I believe that our hope for growth, the meaning and fulfillment as a Christian is based on the understanding of who we are, of who you are. Your walk with God is going to shift and change with the understanding of who you are. Specifically, your identity, my identity in Christ as a child of God. As a child of God. Our understanding of who God is And who we are in relation to him is so critical, it's foundational to our belief system. And your belief pattern as a Christian, who you are in Christ matters. Who you see yourself as matters when it comes to your relationship with the Father. If we understand who we are, if we understand who he sees us as, it's going to change the way our relationship with him is. But many of us, we seek worldly things. We seek our identity in what we do and what we have. Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, one of the wealthiest men who ever lived, he wrote in Ecclesiastes, he started this whole letter off. Ecclesiastes chapter chapter 1 verse 2 says this, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. 
So with all the wisdom, with all the possessions that he had, everything, he had more houses, he had more possessions, he had more wives, he had more of everything. And at the end of it, he said, it's all meaningless. Knowing God is what we need. Millions of people today, many climb this ladder in success, this ladder in society that we success. Only when they reach the top of it, they discover their ladder is actually leaning against the wrong wall. Sure, they've reached the top, but they begin to realize that top is emptiness. That top doesn't have meaning. We are supposed to seek after the Father. We're supposed to seek a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're told in Hosea 4, verse 6, Jesus or God is talking, and he says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Today we have so much knowledge just in our hand because our smartphones can Google anything and search anything. But yet we still lack the knowledge of God, the knowledge of who he is. We lack the idea and understanding of repentance and faith in, Christ, in God, in Christ. And many of these lies are being delivered to us by the father of lies. Many of them are being delivered by the enemy, lying to us of who we are. Lying to us that when we've made a mistake, that's just who we are. Our identity equation that works, sin, sorry, the only identity equation that works is in God's kingdom is that Christ equals wholeness and meaning. Christ equals wholeness and meaning in our lives when we are close to him. The problem is that when we hear the lies of the enemy, when we fail, we see ourselves as failures. Which only leads to more failure. When we sin, we see ourselves as sinners, which only leads us to more sin. And we have been deceived into believing that, we, that what we do determines who we are. Have you ever experienced this where you, you mess up and then you almost have that thought pattern of like, well, I might as well just keep messing up. What's the point? You're trying to eat healthy maybe and all of a sudden you go through McDonald's and then the next day, what do you feel? Well, I might as well just get McDonald's again. Or maybe you had McDonald's for breakfast and all of a sudden you're like, well, I might as well have McDonald's for lunch. Let's hit Mickey D's on the way home, have a little supper. Anybody experience this? That the moment you mess up once, it's like a continued, you almost have to stop yourself and go, wait a minute. Just because that happened doesn't mean it has to happen again. We see, when we fail, we see ourselves as failures. When we sin, we see ourselves as sinners, and therefore we just keep going. And this is the lie the enemy has put in us. And we have to understand who we are in Christ. Romans eight sixteen, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, that we are God's children. That's why it's so important just to spend some time with the Lord. 
and allow him to speak to you because his spirit will speak to your spirit and he will confirm to you, hey, you know what? Yeah, you kind of messed up yesterday or hey, you kind of messed up 20 minutes ago, but you want to know something? You're still a child of God. You're still a child of God. That's Romans 8.16. Romans 8.17 goes on to say, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Being a child of God who is alive and free in Christ should determine what we do and who we are. You serving the living God, being his son and his daughter, being co-heirs with Christ, that should have the impact on who you are. Philippians, Paul writes in chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is working in us. See, here's the amazing thing. We are supposed to work out our salvation. We are not working for our salvation. If you've received God, you have your salvation. You are working through it. You're working out it, but you're not working for it. God has called you into relationship. If we keep coming back to him, and if we've messed up, we repent, and we ask for forgiveness, and then we step and walk with him. He doesn't shove us out the door forever. Because, see, you have to realize, with the original creation, back when it all started, in Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all creation that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. Being created in the image of God is what gives us the capacity to think fully, to fully think and to feel and to choose. We're created in his image. See, we became fully alive after God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. Now, Adam was both then physically, but yet spiritually alive. We need to both be physically and spiritually alive. To be physically alive, all that we need is it means to be physical alive. It means that our soul, our spirit is in union with our body. So what it means is I'm breathing, my heart's beating, I'm alive, my soul and my spirit are here. To die physically what it means is that we separate from our temporal body. Our soul and spirit are still alive. It still, it leaves us, it goes to be with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, or 5.8, sorry, says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present 
with the Lord. So in this moment right now, many of us might be physically alive, but are we spiritually alive? Are we spiritually connected to the Father? Are we alive in Him? Because see, the moment my physical body dies, my spirit is with the Lord. If I have a relationship with Him, that's where I go. We are present with Him. Therefore, who you are encompasses more than your physical body because the body is left behind when you physically die and yet you will be present with the Lord. We need our physical body to function here on earth just like our physical body needs our spirit, our soul to function as well. So we are physically alive and we are spiritually alive. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are becoming renewed day by day. How many people can confess that outwardly we're wearing out? We're wasting away day by day. Don't necessarily raise your hands to that one. But we understand that this is what's happening. We understand as, as I get older, there's certain things that are harder to do, like sometimes get out of bed. We begin to realize that our physical bodies begin to wear, but inside, our spirit is being renewed day by day. Is your spirit actually becoming stronger day by day? See, just because physically we feel like maybe we're wearing down and maybe we're starting to begin to get tired, we're wasting away, as the scriptures say, the inside should be actually becoming more alive. It should be becoming more energetic. It should have more life to it. Because we're renewed day by day. Spiritually alive is characterized in the New Testament by the word zoe. It means that your soul or your spirit is in union with God. This is Adam. He was physically alive and spiritually alive in perfect union with God. Due to this, Adam found what many of us are looking for. Adam found his significance in the Lord because he had this union. He was made in God's image, created to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth. Adam found his significance. He also had security and safety. All his needs were being looked after in the garden. He just had to tend to it. But he was looked after. He was, everything was given to him. God gave him every plant. Many of us are looking for our significance. Many of us are looking for safety and security in this world. And Adam, when he was in relationship with the Father, all of these were looked after. Adam had a sense of belonging. He had one-on-one conversations with God as they walked together. And then God created woman to help Adam, and they could do life together. And they had belonging with the Lord. And then sin entered the world. This had a huge effect on the world. We read it and we begin to understand how sin entered, but we, do we understand what it caused in the spiritual? See, the moment sin entered, Adam and Eve died spiritually. 
They died spiritually. Their union with God was severed. It was cut. They were now separated from God. Genesis 2.17 says this, But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for if you eat it, you will surely die. Do we understand here that when they ate, they didn't physically die? So was God lying to them? No. Yes, they went on to die 900 years later. But they died spiritually. They were separated from God. They lost knowledge of God. Right here, after sin enters into the world, Adam and Eve realize that they were naked and they tried to hide from God. Did their knowledge of God change that much that they thought they could hide from Him? What is our knowledge of God? Do we understand who He is? 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness. It cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. See, we need to be in a relationship with Him for us to understand Him. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the Scriptures alive for us. We need the Spirit in our lives to have connection to the Father. It's what bridges that gap now. And see, Christ came to restore this relationship. We continue in 1 Corinthians 2, and we move down to verse 16. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ allows us to do things that are good and healthy, to have healthy thoughts. Do you know what? Every good thought that you have actually comes from God. If you're trying to figure out what does God want me to do, if you have a good thought, that comes from God. God speaks to us. He speaks clearly to us. 1 Timothy 5 uh, sorry, 1 verse 5 says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Wisdom is great when it comes to knowing God, but love, that is our goal with God, to be in a loving relationship with Him. The mind of Christ, we have it because the Spirit lives in us, and it's through the love that's going to help connect us. The truth, Christ and his word, should set us free and enable us to conform to the image of God. Jesus Christ came that we could have him in our lives, and he is the word. And by having it, him in our lives, it should bring freedom to our lives. It should help us to look more like Christ. When we receive God's love, Jesus says in John 1335, by this everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. If we have Christ living in us, love should be coming out of us. We should be loving others. This is how that they will know. See, after sin entered the world, Adam and Eve were not only darkened, but their understanding of God was darkened. They also became fearful of God. And that's why they hid from him. 
See, we understand that we don't want to be fearful from God, but we need to have a healthy fear of him. Solomon, again, wrote in Proverbs 9.10, he said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear of anything other than God is mutually exclusive to the faith of God. We have to just only, we shouldn't fear anything. You shouldn't fear anything. Because your relationship with God, you understand his love and his care for you. We should have a healthy fear of God. And I know when we talk about that, many people are like, well, I'm not supposed to fear God. There is a healthy fear of God. Scriptures tell us not to fear those who can hurt the physical body, but who can deal with us afterwards. It keeps us in check. Don't be fearful, but it keeps us in check. I don't know about you, but the scriptures that tell me that if we're not connected to the vine, if we're not bearing fruit, that we can be picked up, we'll cut off, picked up, and thrown into the fire. It holds me accountable, not fearful, but it definitely holds me accountable. Chuck Colton writes this. He says, For the church in the West to come alive, it needs to resolve its identity crisis, to stand on truth, to renew its vision, and more than anything else, it needs to recover the fear of the Lord. We have to have a reverence for God. Another byproduct of sin is not just fear, but it's, it's shame and guilt. Shame and guilt comes with sin. Before Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they were naked and unashamed. Unashamed. And I know in our minds, we can't comprehend this. Because sin is in the world. They were naked and unashamed. They were sexual beings. Their bodies and activities were holy. And then sin entered the world and they were naked and ashamed and needed to cover up. Shame and guilt then depressed. Then after shame and guilt came depressed and angry as it started to come into this world after the fall. And we see this when Cain kills his brother. He's upset and depressed that his offerings wasn't good enough, and then he lashes out in anger. And this is how sin has affected our world. It separates us from God. It brings shame into our life, and then it brings anger. See, all of the attributes that we talked about that Adam had before the fall became needs after the fall. See, the acceptance was replaced by rejection, and therefore there was a need to belong. How many of us in this room have this desire to belong? We feel we're outcast, we feel rejected. And then the innocence that Adam and Eve had, it was replaced by guilt and shame. And therefore the need for a legitimate sense of worth has been restored. How many of us, we strive to feel like we're worthy? We strive to show people what we have and what we can get. And the dominion over the earth that Adam had was replaced by weakness and helplessness. And therefore, we now have a need for strength and self-control. But all of these needs, every single one of them, can be found in Christ. 
If you read through these, if you hear these, and you begin to understand that, yeah, you know what? I feel like I feel this sense of rejection, and I feel like I'm striving to belong. I have guilt and shame in my life, and I just want to be accepted. I want to feel some worth in my life. And man, I just feel weak and helpless all the time. I feel like I can't accomplish what I know I'm supposed to do. I can't stand my ground, and therefore I need strength and self-control in my life. All of these needs are found in Christ. See, every temptation is an attempt by the devil to get us to live our lives independently from God. To live our lives independently. We can do it on our own. We can make it happen. Satan tempts us just as he tempted Jesus by appealing to our basic and legitimate needs, our significance, our safety and security, and our sense of belonging. All of us, all of us want to know that we are significant to somebody, to someone. We all want to be safe and secure. And we all want to feel that we belong somewhere. Where do I, where do I fit in? I just want to, I want to belong. And all of this is found in Jesus. All of this was meant to be found in God from the beginning. The most critical needs of the being needs, being a sense of being significant, being safe and secure, and being belonged. They're ones that most wonderfully are met in Christ. Who am I in Christ? Who am I in God? Who are you in Christ? Well, first off, I am accepted. I am accepted by God. If you have a pen, I want to encourage you, or your phone, I want to encourage you just to write down these scripture verses so that you have them, so then as you are going through tough times where you're like, man, I just feel like I need to be accepted somewhere, you can have these and memorize them. I am accepted, John 1, 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are accepted. You are a child of God. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I made known to you. So not only are you a child of God, but you are a friend. Colossians 1, 14 says, In whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins, you have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I'm a friend of God, and he has redeemed me. I am secure. I have security and safety. I am secure. Romans 8, 1 to 2 says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because though Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You are secure because there's no condemnation for you and you are free. Romans 8.28 says, we, now, we know that in all things God works for good for those who love him, 
who have been called according to his purpose. You can be secure because no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what you've gone through, God is working in the situation to make it good. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Jesus, of Christ Jesus. God is continually to work in you. He's not done. I truly believe that God's going to be done working in my life when I die. If I'm alive, he's still working. If I'm breathing, he's still working. And not only is he still working, but I truly believe that if you are still breathing, he has a purpose for your life. He wants to use you for things. So I'm accepted, I am secure, and I am significant. I am significant in Acts 1, 8. It says, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You are significant. He places his Holy Spirit in you and in me and each every one of us. And not only is he placing his Spirit in you, but he... We will be his witnesses. He needs us to be his witnesses to Stratford, to Ontario, to all of the world. This is what he's called us to. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, but you, sorry, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, that God's spirit dwells in your midst? I want you to understand that for a minute. We read it, we quote it, we normally quote it when we're talking about McDonald's, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But do we realize, do you understand that the Holy Spirit, that God is living in you? This is your significance. Ephesians 2.10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know that before you were born, God created things in advance for you to do? That's how important you are. That's how significant you are to him. Do you know before I was born, he knew I would stand here one day? He has called you. He has planted you. He needs you. You are significant because he has a purpose for you that he planned and prepared in advance before you were born. You are so significant. When we find our identity of who we are in Christ, we will feel accepted. We will feel secure and we will feel significant. These things, your identity is found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the first scripture verse that we read to start, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, but this time I'm reading from the message version. I just like its wording. Because of this decision, we don't elevate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah 
gets a fresh start, is created new. The old is gone, and a new life emerges. As we begin to look at who we are in Christ, let's begin to look and find our identity in him. Because the most crucial needs are the being needs, being, belonging, sensing, and they are all found only in Christ. And here's the amazing thing for every one of you in the room and everyone watching online. Today, if you are united with the Messiah, united with Jesus Christ, you get a fresh start. How many people this morning, maybe you're just like me and you're like, I could use a fresh start. I could use a fresh start this morning. As we believe this year the word new is meant for us, we have the beginning right now to have a fresh start. It's created new. Your old life is gone. Literally what that means is who you are when you walked into this place, who you are when you clicked on the YouTube link is no longer there and a new life emerges in Jesus Christ if you accept him this morning. And so let's pray. Father, forgive us. Forget us for, forgive us for trying to get our being needs met in other places or by other things. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of the moments where I look for my significance, my belonging, Lord, my acceptance from other places, my security. Lord, forgive us. And we repent this morning. And Lord, we ask you to help us to begin to find our identity in you, our true identity. And Lord, help us to feel accepted by you. Help us to feel secure in you. Lord, help us to understand that you will provide for us, that you will look after us. Lord, help us to feel our significance in you, that you care about each and every one of us, that you have a purpose for us. And so, Lord, help us to find our hope in you. And Father, I pray for everyone in this room and watching online, whether they've accepted you before, Lord, or they're renewing their walk with you, or Father, they're coming into relationship for the very first time. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room and online that fresh start today. That, Lord, it doesn't matter even what we've done this morning. It doesn't matter what we thought this morning. It doesn't matter how we came into this room or how we came online this morning. But, Father, we are now stepping into a new relationship with you where, Father, things are created new and we are restored and aligned with you. Help us, Father God, to follow you fully and completely. Help us to have a fresh start today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 